Well, good day to everybody out there. Hope you're doing well. I am your host, Leslie Bryan, on this podcast channel, Wait, That's Not All. Thank you for joining me. I started this podcast channel because I overcame a life-controlling eating disorder that almost took my life. However, the Lord completely healed, set me free, and delivered me from it. And I want to testify to his goodness. So with that being said, um, this channel offers nuggets of truth is what I give to you all different kinds of things that he's shown me, taught me, ways that he's led me. And I just want to drop it like breadcrumb droppings. And I'm hoping that it may be some nourishment to you. It may give you insight, uh, information, wisdom, understanding on maybe some of the same things that you struggle with. So, without further ado, let's get to this episode. And it is on perfectionism and how we can maybe detect perfectionism with our struggles with food, how how perfectionism may be covering up control and looking at that with some of our eating behaviors and ways that we handle our food and or control our body weight, etc. So if you don't know me or if you don't know me by now, a lot of times the Lord speaks to me through movies. I love watching movies. I don't get to watch movies as much as I used to because I have three young kids, but I still try to sneak them in every once in a while. So uh, I was thinking about this movie, As Good As It Gets. How many of you out there remember that movie? (laughs) It was probably, oh gosh, late 90s or early 2000s, somewhere when that came out. It was Jack Nicholson and Helen Hunt. And Jack Nicholson has the most extreme case of OCD and coupled with, in my opinion, perfectionism that it's pretty, it's a pretty severe case uh, in this movie. And I, I mean, his steps are so methodical he he has a formula for everything. I'm just thinking of all the scenes in the movie, the way he washes his hands. He's He washes them a certain amount of times, turns the, the water off and on as he's washing his hands a certain amount of times, opens and shuts the door a certain amount of times, turns the light on and off a certain amount of times. It's just, oh, uh, this poor guy is in so much bondage and his environment is so controlled. And then... If you've not seen the movie, let me just say, spoiler spoiler alert, if you're going to watch it, then maybe don't listen to this podcast before you watch it, but a lot of people have probably already seen it, so I'll just give the spoiler alert, and that's basically he, somehow this lady, he goes to this particular restaurant almost every day, or maybe it's once a week, but it, I'm sure it's like Tuesday, you know, every Tuesday at 10 o'clock, he, you know, he goes to this restaurant, whatever it is, but there's this uh, waitress that he has to have this waitress and she knows how to handle him and she knows how to deal with him. And she's learned all of his quirky ways and all of his steps that he has to go through just to eat this meal. And anyway, in the end, it's, this movie is just a progression of how basically you've heard, you've probably heard heard the phrase before of when you're in bondage and then when you want to get out of bondage or when you want to get freedom, people often ask this question, you have to either embrace the, um, embrace the pain of change or embrace the pain of staying the same. You're going to have pain either way. So you either have the pain of staying the way you are, or you endure the pain 
for then to get on the other side and get the freedom. Either way, you got to go through pain, right? But at least if you embrace the pain of change, there's like hope of this pain's going to end, end, correct? Rather than, well, I'm just going to stay in this comfort zone and, uh, but then you have to stay in the pain forever. So there's really no hope of, of that freedom. So with that movie, he, he goes through this journey with this lady where you can see he, she somehow comes into his life. Some sequence happened, a sequence of events happens to where someone that lives in his apartment building gets beat up really bad and he winds up having to take care of that uh, person's dog and he doesn't know what to do with this dog because his environment is so controlled and that makes him feel safe well he has to take care of this dog and I mean if you own a dog dog you can't control dogs I mean you can kind of set boundaries for them but they're going to move around. They're going to make a mess. They're going to eat food and spill food on the floor. They're going to maybe pee on a wall. It's just, you can't control an animal like you can your sterile environment with nobody else living in it. So he gets his first real taste of letting go of control when he has to watch this, uh, person's dog and you can see how it just stresses him out to no end and and then throughout the rest of the movie it's just kind of one sequence of events after another and I'm thinking that this waitress um, if my memory serves me correct the waitress that he always wants to wait on him at this restaurant her um, I think it's her her child gets sick and he, it starts to get involved with this, with them as a family. And through that, like compassion moves on him just barely, but some compassion moves on him. And he little by little, by little, he starts to let go of his ways of control because he realizes the relationship and people in his life, because that can get messy, right? People can hurt us. We can't control them. We don't know. You know, we can't control their every move. We have to let them be free and risk them hurting us. Well, he lets go of the fear of his, you know, fear of not having a complete controlled environment with no one else involved. He lets go of that and starts to embrace kind of this, what he feels like is a rogue life. Uh, So in the end, through all of these sequence of events happening and him kind of allowing little by little by little, giving up some of this control of his space and the ways that he does things, he, he, he finally finds some freedom in his heart from this OCD slash perfectionism. So I want to link that now. Now this is, uh, this is just my personal experience and I'm going to go ahead and put my little disclaimer in here that I I do not claim to be a medical professional with uh, weight eating disorders, any of that. I've said it before in my disclaimers podcast, but this is strictly a ministry-based podcast. So I'm not giving any medical advice or not presenting myself as a doctor, nutritionist, etc. here. So, okay. Um, but going back to, okay, that made me lose my train of thought. Hang on just a second. <laughs> um, going to how perfectionism controlled my life with the eating disorder or the eating disorder basically was a cover-up in in one area it it was a cover-up to the mental space in my head of I have to have a controlled environment 
And I am so scared of not having a controlled environment because of what happened in the past. So I um, shared in one of my podcasts, my testimony. So I'll just give a real quick brief here. When I was 14 years old, my life just got turned upside down and some, some traumatic to me things happened. My parents got a divorce. My dad and sister moved out of our home less than a year later. My mom got remarried. We moved from my childhood home to a different house. Um, some friends had, uh, some close friends had, uh, moved away and it, it was just a lot to handle in, in a year's time for a a 14 year old. And so that is when I started to get really bent. I started to develop a bent on controlling my environment. I did not know how to process all the grief that I was going through and some of the turmoil and just the stress in general. And what 14 year old really does know how to process through those things, generally speaking, So I was always a neat and orderly child, but it just accentuated that neat and orderliness and, and what was probably a good thing. There's obviously nothing wrong with being neat, orderly. There's a difference between excellence and perfectionism. And I want to talk about that, but I feel like the enemy saw, Ooh, I can take maybe a natural bent that she has of of a neat orderly, like everything in its place and, and kind of cause it to turn into control. So for me, I had developed an eating disorder. That is what I had turned to, to control my emotions and what was behind it. Uh, There was a lot of things behind it, but one thing that I discovered years later, and this is what I want to just get you to think about. That's what these podcasts are for. I I know they're not for every single person that's struggled with the eating disorder, and it doesn't have to be eating disorder. It could just be struggle with weight. Um, I don't want this to be exclusive to eating disorders, but struggles with weight, yo-yo, dieting, uh, controlling food behaviors, those type things. But what I discovered was that I felt during that, it was 14 through 17 years old, I felt so out of control because you're still under your the care of your parents at that time. And all these choices that were made for me, basically, I didn't want my parents to get divorced. They did. Okay. That was a choice I didn't get to make. You know, that was their choice. And their prerogative, but it affected me. But still, I felt like I didn't have a choice in that. Then moving homes, that was a choice that affected me that obviously I didn't get to make. I wasn't involved in. And then uh, some friends moving away and other things as well. I looked on the outside world around me going, these choices are super scary they're affecting me. I have zero control of my environment. And it was just like losses. It's a loss here and a loss there and a loss there. Again, the, the grief, I I didn't know what to call it. I didn't know what it was, but looking at that stuff going on in my life, here was my thought. And here's where I want to get you to consider, could this be something that happened in your life? And then to get with the Lord and he will walk you through and and expose this to you and just help you see it for what it is so that you can, you can call it out and then deal with it. But I turned as I, as I felt so unsafe with all these choices that were being made around me that were, bringing this feeling of grief and loss in my life, which was scary to me because I never, that was the first time I, I really experienced those kind of feelings. Didn't know what they were. They scared me. So what eventually happened was that I turned 
and I developed this eating disorder and and one of the theories that it presented to me was you have control of this you may not have control over your life or pe- choices that people make in your life but you can control your food and your body you can control how much you eat how much you don't eat you can control how much you weigh you can all these things it's like oh i can control this and so the safe feeling that i was looking for then i could get that from that and it's something no one could take away from me because again you know they could take my parents marriage away from me they could take my childhood home away from me they could take my friends away from me or whatever you know my mind was thinking at that point like I can't control those things but I can control this so and of course I am not um, consciously thinking these thoughts at the time but as the Lord walked me through all this years later this is the beauty of the Lord is that he will reveal to you this is why you did this this is why you turned to this and to see it for what it was then you can get the healing because I feel like there's so much like shame condemnation beating up of um, people who don't understand eating disorders or just struggles with food weight in general people who don't understand can have a tendency to get really irritated with the person that's struggling like why don't you just stop why don't you just quit what okay I get that and and if you've not struggled with it before I totally understand your frustration but know that there's something behind it it's not just Now, this person, you know, yes, there's probably stubbornness in all of us, right? But know that there's something behind it. And I did a podcast on a voice. Like, it, it's a voice and it's trying to say something. So, that's, please know that, that, okay, get to what this thing is trying to say. So, with the perfectionism that that was and I had never thought about this before so here's where I want to just I just want to share what the Lord has uh, showed what he showed me and what he shared with me because that truth set me free so with the main thing my eating disorder had started out as anorexia and then it turned into bulimia and with the bulimia, it was a very severe case up to 20. I was binging and purging up to 20 to 25 times a day for years, years doing that. And it was binge, purge, binge, purge, binge, purge. So what was behind that? The, the voice, the control that behind that was perfectionism in the sense of I had to, and I go back to that movie where it's like, I have to have a controlled environment and take a perfect step. And if I mess up, I have to go back to where I messed up and start all over again. So that was, think of binge purge as you you, you eat and then you have feelings of being upset and angry at yourself for for not doing that perfectly whatever that looks like so then you throw in the towel and then you just go on a full-blown binge and then you're upset at yourself for basically think about you know stepping on a crack like Jack Nicholson did in the movie he's like I can't step on a crack I can't step on a crack so if he stepped on a crack it's like he, he just couldn't handle it his whole world would melt down so then he, it's like he started over. So that was the purge. It's like, okay, let me self-correct here, purge, and then start over. So that was this perfectionism of start, stop, start, 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 stop, because I can't even journey through. It's not about a journey when you're in that 
um, headspace there or mindset. It is, I have to perform perfectly because I am so scared it, because it was linking back to the feelings that I had when my environment became completely disturbed and disrupted that I didn't know how to deal with. And it was a very scary feeling, the grief and the loss that was kind of the root of where it all started. Those feelings, I was stuck in those feelings and, and until I could process through all that grief and that loss, then that's the only way I knew how to, uh, process it was start, stop, start, stop, start, stop with my behaviors and get the steps perfectly and just stay stuck in that cycle because I didn't know how to, and I go back to that movie, when he was getting kind of free from his extremely controlled behaviors it was baby steps and he, he went to see a, he was in with a therapist and he would talk about it like his therapy sessions. And I think there's one scene where he's like baby steps, baby steps, baby steps, baby steps. And that is how the Lord walked me out of it is baby steps, baby steps, baby steps. So it was breaking free. It was first looking at where, where did this perfectionism start in my life where it, it wasn't just this neat orderly child that, that was just naturally how I was to, I have to control every single thing in my environment. I mean, I remember in late high school cleaning, cleaning my closet and cleaning my room and making sure everything was pointed in just the right direction. There wasn't a thing in my room or my closet that I didn't know where it was. And I remember thinking that. I remember thinking that I could make a detailed inventory of my room stating where every single thing is and, you know, anybody could go in and get it. I, and I just remember thinking, wow, I'm really like with it. Yeah, I am on top of it with every single thing I own. And I remember having a fleeting thought of like, is that normal? But of course I didn't know anything about any of this back then. And so I just dismissed it as, okay, well, that's that. Um, so getting back to... This way that I, w I want you to look at those things to maybe help you get unstuck. The sa it's almost like a sabotaging. Um, if you are self-sabotaging through an eating disorder, look at, is this a, it's a, it's a black and white dance. Uh, uh, and if you misstep, do you just throw the towel in and say, well, I might as well give in all the way. I mean, I would go down that path of, okay, I, I remember this one, um, time that, and I know, I know there's some of you that can relate out there and some of you that they maybe can't, and that's okay. But I, I want to give a voice to those people who are like, oh my gosh, whoa, I'm, I'm not crazy. This, the other people have thought this too. I want to blow all this out of the water because I'm, I am so heartbroken of people being stuck in, in these issues that I'm like, let's just, let's tell it all and bring the darkness to the light and get people set free. That's my heart. I'm just like, nope, the enemy tried to take me out. Well, let me tell you, <laughs> I'm going to take this thing out and help other people get set free. So, side note there, <laughs> I'm going to get to preaching here. I remember this time, I was living with my mom in my late, later 20s, or uh, sorry, earlier 20s, and I remember going to get a pack of cinnamon gummy bears <laughs> at the store, 
and I got home and I, I told myself, now this is just like how per- this perfectionism and OCD type can do a number on you. I remember saying to myself, okay, I'm going to only eat three of these cinnamon gummy bears. Okay. So that was kind of the rule and the law that I made in my head. So I eat three of those cinnamon gummy bears. Well, I go on about whatever and they're so good. And again, I have, I have more than just a quote unquote typical eating disorder. I, I have to go through deliverance as well. So, and I, I get into that in a different testimony podcast, but so I know that some people can relate and some people can't, but I, I was very severe, um, demonized and I'm not scared to say that word and that may scare some people that's not possession that's not possession but demonization is is when you're severely oppressed and you can feel dark dark spirits come and really try to come on you and wreak havoc that type thing so I'll do a whole nother podcast on that but I was heavily influenced by dark forces. I'll just leave that at that. And I, I would feel this alluring pull or presence come over me, kind of a trance-like state. And just, it was a lust. It's a lust. It was a lust of the spirit, um, a lust of the flesh. The Bible talks about that lust of the flesh. Don't give in to the lust of the flesh. Okay. Well, that's what that was. It was my, the lust of my flesh would overtake me and so then I, I remember eating the rest of that bag of, of the, those cinnamon gummy bears. And then comes in my perfectionistic OCD behavior. And I this black and white thinking of like, okay, I've blown it. So then, hello, binge. So then it, I go into a full-blown binge, and I mean, you can only imagine what that would look like. Anybody who's ever, you know, severely binged, just, you know, consuming a grotesque amount of food all in one setting. Then comes my self-correction, go purge. Okay, I've got, to, I've got to correct this now. So that's where that came from. And then, then there was such guilt, shame, and condemnation on me that I would be, then, then it turned into a form of punishment. Like, okay, then I'm just going to binge again. You know, you, you just can't get it straight. Oh, well, you missed up today. You might as well, you blew the whole day. You might as well just throw the towel in some more. So now, now go to a fast food joints and go, go binge some more and then go, you know, self-correct and purge purge and then so that cycle would go on for hours and and days and days and days but I I I wanted to break that down a little bit more so you could see this perfectionism that is is behind that um behavior and it's like whoa you've you've probably heard this phrase before and it used to irritate me because I I am a goal oriented person. I I used to not be, but as I've grown in the Lord and and uh just in, in maturity in life, I, I love goals. Who doesn't like to achieve a goal, right? It's very rewarding. And, and and I like goals and you feel accomplished and productive. So I the phrase that people would say, it's not about the destination, it's about the journey, oh, it used to irritate me because I would be like, well, I just want to get to the, I just want to get to where I don't binge or purge anymore, right? I just want to get to somewhat of a normal life with my eating. Come on, people. And so I, I had friends kind of walk me through, a couple of mentors of mine walk me through the journey of This was the hardest thing for me. And this is where I want to stop you in your tracks so you can say, maybe this is the only way out. Remember at the beginning of this podcast, I said, are you going to embrace the pain of change or the pain of staying the same? So how the Lord walked me out of this uh, with, with a book that I had just 
wrote, wait, that's not all. The chapters that are going to help you out the most are learning your um, instincts and intuition. We, we have instincts in our bodies of when to eat. We have hormones. This is science, guys. This is not just me. Science. We have two hormones in our bodies, ghrelin and leptin, and they cue your body when you're hungry. They go off. That ghrelin says, oh, you're hungry. Time to eat. Okay. And our natural instinct should be like, oh, let's look for some food and, and eat. And then when you've, your body has had enough, the hormone leptin is supposed to be released. And it's like, okay, time to, I'm, I'm full. Time to stop eating. Your blood sugar has raised up. Your hormones have leveled out and it's should it's supposed to cue you to stop eating. Those are our natural behaviors and natural design of eating that God created in our body. We don't have to have a piece of paper to tell us when to eat and and how much and all that. It 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 was a natural design that God created in our bodies, but we've so messed with it that that we've we've lost that sense in a way. So the chapter of the instinct, eating instinct and intuition is going to help you out. And then the grace, the chapter on finding the grace. This is how the Lord walked me out of those type of behaviors, eating disorder behaviors, and then how to find my footing. So I would have to, I wouldn't have to keep self-correcting. And then Obviously, I had to get deliverance. I had to get inner healing. And I, I go through all of that in, in my book with the workbook portion where you do get this heart changing because it's not behavior modification. It's not just learn a new dance step. No, it this is walking in the spirit toward food. The Bible says, walk in the spirit so you don't fulfill the lust of the flesh or gratify the lust of the flesh. So that's how he walked me out of the lust and and delivered me out of the lust of the flesh and into with the spirit. But just like how Jack Nicholson would go baby steps, baby steps, baby steps. This is a gradual walking it out little by little by little. So when, when you walk in the spirit with this way of eating and you learn your stomach boundaries, that begins your journey. And so I remember that I would, I would walk in this way of eating for three or four days at a time. And it would be like, I was on cloud nine. Literally I was on a high of I can't believe I'm doing this. I'm doing this. I'm doing it. I'm following the cues of my body. I'm looking for the leading of the Holy Spirit. I'm walking in his presence. I feel his peace. I feel he's my stronghold and not the food, not my um, perfectionism, not my control. He's my stronghold. And then uh, that was wonderful. But then I would have a mess up day. And then I would just go, you know, off, off the rails on my mess up day. But I had to come to a point of, I have to embrace my mess up days. And then I have to get back on track. So that, that broke me out of, it was like learning how to fall and get back up. And there's something about with perfectionism sometimes and i've i've heard this i know a couple of people who operate this way and it's nothing it's i'm not saying anything against them they recognize it about themselves and they're actually working on it but here can be another cover up of this perfectionism and how it can come out in our behaviors so they say um their thing is if I can't do something perfectly, like for instance, this lady who has this big, beautiful house, but it's like every room is a mess. And so her, she just lets it all be a mess because her thinking is if I can't clean my whole house, then I don't want to, I don't want to clean it. Like she can't just clean one room. 
and then, then go to another room and then go to another room. Like she was so paralyzed by, if I can't clean my whole house, if I can't be perfect about it all, that black and white thinking, then I just don't want to tackle it. I, I just, I can't handle being half like good at something or half, you know, working at it. I can't handle the chipping away. Either I'm awesome at it the first time out of the shoot, or I'm just going to let it fail, let it go to pot. So there's that thinking too, that can dis- really disrupt and halt your progress where it's like, do you have the expectation on you? Or let me set, let me say it this way. Do you have this perfectionistic standard on you of, if I can't walk perfectly in my food and in my eating tomorrow, then I'm not, I'm not even going to try because I'm, I'm just the walking it out. I just can't handle that. Or you'll have to explore that thought behind it. But again, I want to expose these thoughts that are so subconscious, but, and they, and they harm you from taking the little baby steps from going on the journey. They harm you from, from taking that step and moving past it. So now at least you can say, oh my, do I do this? And you take all of this to the Lord. Don't, don't try to self-diagnose. Let the Holy Spirit bring, bring, bring anything up or shine the light on any of, of these ways of thinking. And then he'll give you the truth and, and walk you out of it. So just, I want to shine the light on that. Uh, and let me just say, here's a scripture I want to give you. There is nothing wrong with quote unquote perfectionism in and of itself, because that is our longing as a, at the human race period, we long for perfectionism. We that was God's original design. Think of Adam and Eve. Okay. They were perfect without sin in the garden. They experienced unbroken fellowship with God in the garden before the fall, before sin came in. Okay. The Bible says 8, 20 through 23, for the creation was subjected to frustration, not by its own choice, but by the will of the one who subjected it in hope that the creation itself will be liberated from its bondage to decay and brought into the freedom and glory of the children of God. We know that the whole creation has been groaning as in the pains of childbirth right up to the present time. Not only so, but we ourselves who have the first fruits of the Spirit grown inwardly as we wait eagerly for our adoption to sonship, the redemption of our bodies. Okay, so that scripture right there says all of creation groans to get back to our perfect state. Okay, so our desire, I want to just, you know, uh, snap, shame, condemnation, guilt. There is absolutely nothing wrong with this desire in us to be holy, perfect, right, unbroken fellowship with the Lord. But that's that because that was our original design. But we know it's it Romans, um, 832 said, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Okay. So we know that's the reality that we're broken people. We sin, we miss the mark, we fall short. That is why we need Christ, our righteousness. He connects us back to unbroken fellowship with God through the Holy Spirit. Then we can have unbroken fellowship with the Lord as we walk in the spirit and don't gratify the lust of the flesh. However, this is a journey. This is a walk. It, we won't be quote unquote, 100% perfect until we get to heaven. We still have a flesh to contend with. The Bible says that we go from glory to glory to glory. Okay. So that right there tells me it is a growth process in the growing in glory growing in grace. Okay. The tree, think about a, a, you plant a tree in your yard. 
That tree grows from glory to glory every year. It doesn't get planted. So I just want to blow that out of the water right now. If somebody thinks that they can be 100% perfect, never sinning ever, ever, ever again for the, for the rest of their life in thought, in deed, in, um, that is an unrealistic standard to put on yourself of you can walk in this perfect unbroken fellowship from this day forward until you die. Let's say you're 20 years old. So maybe you have like 70 more years or 60 more years on this life. Hey, that sounds great on paper, but let me tell you what, tell you, you have a flesh to contend with and there's going to be moments where it's like, whoops, I missed the mark. I got in the flesh in that moment. Lord, we broke fellowship. Forgive me. That, that or, or else, what's the point of, does that script, would that scripture not apply to that person? You grow from glory to glory to glory. Oh, you got saved and all of a sudden you go from glory to heaven. I mean, so I'm just saying that to, to not to help people not have condemnation on them of their growth process. I go back to the tree analogy. That tree is planted its first year of life. The rings that are around the tree grow each year. Each year it gets bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. That's how if you walk in the spirit year by year by year with the Lord, you grow in the spirit more and more and more. And John's, in John it says, he must increase and I must decrease. Okay. That's not a one-time thing of one day I decrease all the way. And one day God increases in me all the way. And then that's that. And there's no room for growth of me decreasing and God increasing. And no, it's a gradual progression. Just changed evermore as we get in the word, as we walk in the spirit, as we stay in step with the spirit and the way that he's leading us. So I just want to encourage you of that perfectionistic black and white, all or nothing thinking is going to hinder your walking this out in by finding your footing in the grace understanding how your body works, becoming aware of the intuition and instinct, and then to also walk through a lot of the inner healing and breaking free portion of this journey as well. So I hope that this helps you. Um, I, I There's a couple of notes I wanted to make. Um, perfectionism, it is performance-based. It either affirms or disapproves of you. And when you're walking in perfectionism, like it's it, when it's your own efforts and your own striving and you're not walking in the spirit, guess what? Perfectionism leaves Christ out of the equation. When I walked according to what my diet said, what my piece of paper said, what the law said in my head, like, okay, let me remind you of the, okay, you can only have three gummy bears. Okay. That, that was me not walking, seeking the Holy Spirit, walking according to the spirit, but it was my flesh and my own law, black and white thinking my rule in my head. So what, when I, when I broke my own rule, Oh, I had to pay the price, right? Then I had to punish myself. So perfectionism leaves Christ out of the whole equation. You, we have two natures in our body, the nature of our flesh and the nature of our spirit. Know this, these two natures are always going to wage war against each other. Look up uh, Galatians 5.17. That's where that says that. Um... I think of the story of Isaac and Ishmael. One was born of a bondwoman and one was born of a free woman. And that when you, and, and look, the two are against each other. So that story in the Bible is supposed to get you to see when something is birthed out of the flesh, you're going to reap to the flesh. When something's birthed out of the spirit, you're going to reap from the spirit. So, and you see the enmity between those two. Um... Let me just look. I'm sorry. Follow me with my notes here. 
Me operating in this behavior was my flesh trying to fix the brokenness that I was in. I kept trying to hit the mark, not by walking in the spirit, but by striving in the flesh. And so I want to go back to Titus 2, 11 through 14. And that, that scripture is the one that the Lord saved me from my behaviors on. He and literally I felt that scripture manifesting and doing a work in my spirit. In that in Titus 2, 11 through 14, it says his grace gives us and or teaches us the ability to say no to ungodliness and and to walk in righteousness. I felt the power of that scripture come into my life. This is why I say the word is alive and you've got to speak these scriptures and agree with these scriptures over your life. That word was so powerful to me when I read it that I felt its power in my body, physical power. I felt the power of God burst open in my body and I felt that word perform in me. So he infused me with that power. Of the scripture that said it teaches us to say no to ungodliness. So when I was at the grocery store going on a binge, he brought that to go get food to go on a binge. He brought that scripture to me and I, I did something I never could do. And I turned and went away from the grocery store. I drove away from the grocery store and I was like, I've never had the power to do that in my life. What just happened? And he led me to that scripture that said grace. My grace gives you power to say no to ungodliness. So there, So again, it is not behavior modification. It's not diets that's going to heal you of these behaviors and, and all that. So I, I just want to encourage you to really get that one, if any scripture, dealing with this particular struggle with food, weight, eating disorders, that one scripture was the linchpin of my linchpin of my healing and deliverance was, it is my grace and grace alone and the power that's in my word and the manifestation of it in your body and you agreeing with it in your mind, that's going to turn you away from this perfectionistic standard of walking, way of walking you had in your life. And by grace, we grow in glory. We grow and increase in our grace. Then you'll walk out into your freedom and healing. So I just want to give you that encouragement today. So to, to get with the Lord, get with the Holy Spirit and ask him to show you, okay, God, let me just give you an example prayer. Lord, I ask that you would show me, A, do I have this perfectionistic standard on my, on my eating behaviors of if I can't get it right all in one day, I might as well not even try at all or whatever it is, Lord, show me this black and white thinking and show me where my feet are bound up, like I just see an ankles tied together with like a rope. Show me where my ankles are tied together. What is it? What is that lie that I'm believing and agreeing with that is keeping me from taking that one step of, okay, I'm going to just take this next step in the spirit, walk in the grace, go back and read the chapter of my book on grace finding the grace, and then you've got to learn how to eat and, and follow the, the Lord in it too. So reading all of, all of those chapters will, will help the instinct and intuition and finding the grace. But I just pray that you can find the lie that you're agreeing with and t- that you can break agreement with it. Again, going through that workbook portion And breaking that, we call them ungodly beliefs, breaking agreement with it, and then walking in his truth and his way. Okay, guys, I hope that this was a very ministering podcast to you. I hope that it gave you some food for thought of, oh, 
I never would have thought about that. And I even encourage you to do this. Watch that movie. Watch that movie. I'm telling you. And I know that the Lord speaks to us all in so many different ways. But he, he ministers to me. I, he's just done it my whole life through movies. For whatever reason. That's He just gets so many different messages to me through movies. Uh, but go watch that movie. If you feel led that uh, as good as it gets. Um, and see if. Okay, Holy Spirit, show me, show me through, through the playing out of this, show me any thinking that I have pertaining to my struggle here with food or weight, show me where I can relate and, and, and expose some of that thinking in my life and some of the lies. So I don't know, that could be an assignment on the side for you. Take it or leave it, totally up to you. So I just, I have a picture of, at the very end of that movie, they're, I think it's Helen Hunt and Jack Nicholson. I think they're walking, um, they're, they're walking together and he is walking on the curb and she's walking on all the cracks or the tiles on the sidewalk. And it's like, they found a way, you know, to walk together, you know, so he's, he's learning how to let go of his control, but it it was just such a sweet, like he finally embraced the pain of change. And that's what I want to pray over you today. Like you're going to have pain either way. It's just reality. I hate it. I avoided it for so long, but it's just the way it is. So embrace the pain of change because at least you can have the hope of, remember, Jesus endured the cross, the suffering of the cross for the joy that w- was set before him. Okay, so at least you have the hope of, I'm going to embrace the pain of this change for the joy that's set before me. You have the hope that one day the pain will be gone. That is what I'm here to testify to, that there is a day there is a day where you're completely healed and set free, delivered. You no longer operate in any of that. Your relationship with food is healthy. It's great. It's fine. And if you do have a mess up day, it doesn't rock your world. You simply get back up and move back on. You don't have to self-correct with sabotaging behaviors anymore. It's like, okay, Lord, I fell short. Go back to Romans 8.32. Right? Is that right? That Romans eight thirty two. I don't want to misquote. Um, I believe it is. All fall short. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Okay. You repent, ask for forgiveness. That blood of Christ washes you clean, and you move on, continue in unbroken fellowship with the Lord. So I thank you for listening to me. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much for giving me the time of day for letting me just pour out to you what the Lord poured into me. I pray that it's manna for you and just that nugget of truth and healing and encouragement that you needed for this day. Thank you so much for listening and have a wonderful, wonderful rest of your day.